Hey, Jeff. Hey, Eric. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm doing great because I'm not serving on a jury. I'm not serving on a jury this week. I'm not serving on a jury next week. I'm not serving on a jury for the next six years because I was relieved of my jury duty this week. Well, let me be the first to congratulate you. Thank you very much. It was It was two days of... Look, I know it's not jail, but it was me being held against my will in a giant jury pool downtown manhattan and let me just say for the record had i been picked i would have served and served proudly right you are an american i it was my civic duty but i chose to let them know that i'm a podcaster and they did not want a podcaster not on that jury not on either of the juries it would have been there was a three-week case and there was a three to five day case and i was not selected on either of those but they did ask a lot of questions about what podcasting is and were you able to explain it well you know i have a lot of experience going down to thanksgiving and being like this is what i do for a living and and a lot of blank stares coming back at you. yeah so this was just you know from two more lawyers um did you tell them to rate subscribe comment go on itunes go on soundcloud uh, i it's available I, for streaming you i can hope download it i hope they're listening right now because i will tell them listen go to itunes Subscribe to Waste of Time with It's The Real. Yeah, you and can comment on iTunes. You can comment on SoundCloud. You can even tell us on Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat. We're available. It's The Real. I-T-S-T-H-E-R-E-A-L. I did say that, by the way. In did the fr- really? In the first case, I said, It's The Real. It's one word. No apostrophe, no spaces. I got out of jury duty. I ran outside. The sun was shining. And I caught up with the most important thing I'd been missing out on, Lior Cohen's snap. Yes, Cohen. One of my favorite things about Lior's snap is is the fact that he's still at this point, and this is like a couple months in, has no idea how quickly Snapchat comes and goes. Right. So if he's filming himself, he'll be like, I'm going into the office in about an hour, and that's when shit's about to hit the f- and it just cuts off. And I love if he's like, if you are in the music business in 2016 and you don't have a good manager, you're going to be, and it just cuts off. So all of these like major moments that he's about to espouse on, Nothing ever happens. I enjoy he was just at Barney Greengrass on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. He was with his daughter, yes. who he calls daughter. He does. And he was uh, saying she's the best daughter. And then he also said that he was with his best ex-wife. His best ex-wife. Yeah. Made her laugh. Uh, he went down to South by Southwest and ran into Khaled. Yeah. And so Khaled is doing elliptical talk, although it was treadmill talk, I think. If you look at it from Khaled's perspective, Khaled is sweating and, you know, he's like really, really working out. And if you look to his left, Lior Cohen is in a sport coat. He is on the slowest imaginable speed on the treadmill. He's, it's like walk talk. It was walk talk. Walk alert. Somebody just sent us a thing that was iconic belly alert. Yeah, yeah I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't look, but. It's, it's there. It's Khaled's, Khaled's iconic belly. Shout out to Kevin uh, Chestnut for sending that. Lior and Khaled, great crossover material. Yeah, Lior.Cohen on Snapchat. Lior Cohen Snap. Lior.Cohen. Follow him right now. Who do we have on the podcast this week? We have Damian Lemon. He's a stand-up comedian. We've known him for six years, seven years. Yeah, I mean, since the last time I was called to jury duty. Yeah, and uh, ever since then, he's... He's uh, opened up for Hannibal Burris. He has been on Guy Code. You might know him for hosting at Comedy Cellar downtown. He has a podcast you should listen to called In the Conversation. So when do you want to get into this episode, Jeff? How about right... Hold on. How about right... Hold on. How about right... Yo, what up? It's Eric, a.k.a. Two Stages, a.k.a. Titty Bar. Yo, what up? It's Jeff, a.k.a. Five Fingers to Death, a.k.a. Isotone. Yo, what up? It's Damian Lemon, a.k.a. also known as... <laughs> yeah, and this is a waste of time, but it's the real. <laughs> Damian Lemon, 
Thanks for coming through. Thanks for having me. Of course. course. No. So you really weren't up to anything today. It was just like a relaxing, easy day, and we didn't interrupt anything. <laughs> I was wasting time, and it was like, you know what? Let me go waste some time. Mm. So what's good? Everything, man. Just good. just out here working, man. Just you know. you're at the cellar a couple nights. I'm at the cellar. I was there last night. As a matter of fact, I'm this Sunday. Nice. Doing that. I mean, I'm all over the city at the stand, stand up yeah. New York, just, you know, the New York scene. About to head on the road uh, for the spring. Cool. Got a little bit of touring. I got a show coming up I'm hosting called Comedy Knockout yep. on True TV. Shouts so, to them. Yeah, shouts to them. You know, that was a good look. And then just working, man. Just, you know, keeping it going, keeping the momentum moving. You yeah. Know? I yeah. like how True TV, you know, they used to be Court TV. And, what? Yeah, they and were. They switched it over. Mm hmm. And then True TV came. I forget exactly what their like sort of premise was, but now they're really focusing on comedy. Right? Yeah, they, they were doing in. reality stuff like a little while right. ago, and then now they're doing. Comedy. It'd be very strange if Damien had a show on Court TV. <laughs> exactly. Just you know what? It could be like one of those. You know how they got a uh, Talking Dead? Yeah. They had like a talkback show for this OJ miniseries. Oh my god! On True TV, that would be dope. I'd do that. Where were you for the verdict? I was in eighth grade. I was in Austin, New York. I was at, uh, I think my teacher, I know her name, Miss Carmen Nucci. <laughs> and, uh, a good teacher or a bad teacher? She was a good teacher. She was, she was, uh, she didn't take no shit. She was one of those teachers that challenged you. you yeah. Know what I mean? She was cool if you were cool. You know, um, were you cool? I was cool, you know, but I could get out of hand with it. So it was a, <laughs> it was a conditional relationship, <laughs> right? Are but you I, are you Facebook friends today? She's one of those teachers. No, I don't think I am. I don't, you know, but you don't know who you Facebook friends, you know, after no. the first thousand people. Isn't that weird, by the way, when it shows up for like birthdays and it's just like I, I don't know who these people yeah, are. Like. Facebook tells me to tell you happy birthday. So you know, if you can figure out how we know each other. Yeah. You know, that sentiment was very true. So you were sitting in this class. I was sitting in the class, and I remember this is back in the days when they would roll in the TV. You oh, know yeah. What I mean? Yeah. So they rolled in the Which TV. Which they strapped down, by the way. To exactly. The, yeah. the so TV, if it's coming the down, VCR, it's all coming oh, down. Oh, the whole shit is a wrap. You're losing everything. <laughs> and uh, I remember when that verdict hit, you know, uh, <laughs> the black kids was going crazy. We was loving it. <laughs> yeah! We was like, woo! It was amazing. Yeah. Cause it was a moment. It happened. You know, I like the fact that this um this series is actually showing the context. You know, it was coming right after you know the L.A. riots and things of that nature. So you were seeing a lot of you were seeing a lot of black people take L's. Mm-hmm. So you know, how do you feel about what happened there? If you feel like he did it or he didn't do it, the fact that he got away, right? Oh, it was unprecedented. Oh was, my god, it was a moment. Yeah, I remember for sure. that shit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Do you know where you were when the the Bronco chase went down? I don't know exactly where I was, but I feel like I did see that on the television yeah. or watched it later on. I went shit. to a graduation party uh-huh. um, at, that a friend of mine was having, and we were watching the Knicks, you know, play uh-huh. in the in the uh, the finals. Wow! Right, and it got interrupted, and we're just like, "What is going on?" It was the crazy. You were so mad. I was more mad when the Knicks lost eventually than I was that night. But who was that? The Rockets. The Rockets. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yo, that fuck was the like, Rockets. That was the closest. <laughs> that might have been the closest. That, yeah. Well, it's un- until this year. This year has been very. Oh good yeah. Oh, everybody's yeah. loving Porzingis. Is- yeah. <laughs> They're gonna win it this year. They just need to win the next. I don't know. Thirty. Games. Everything. Mm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where are you originally from? I'm originally from Brooklyn, New York. From okay. Brownsville, Brooklyn. And then I moved up to Westchester in my teenage years. So I yeah. went, I How did you get to Austin? Or how did you enjoy Austin? By train. Oh. Yeah. By train. Yeah, by <laughs> Metro North. I enjoy I had a good time in Austin. I mean it was the you know, 
It's not like a. It's not like a, a city. Like there's. It's, no, it's, it's a. What's the center of town in Austin like? There is a business. It's a small little situation. There's like strip malls. There's a mm-hmm. mall, the Arcadian, I think they call it. Then there's an actual main street. You know what I mean? With wow. little small, small tiny stores. Yep. You know, it was a town. You know what I'm saying? So it wasn't like. Well, I just found out you guys are from Rye, but I just found out Rye is considered a city. I didn't know Rye that. is a city. We're from Harrison, We're from Harrison. which is a, ta- oh, which yeah. is a town village. That's right. Okay, and we are we, we are too. We, we are the village. last. We are the last street in Harrison. Okay, until you get to Rye, right? Right. Okay. Rye is the uh, like we are the working class people. Rye is the uh, Rye is right. Rye, Rye is where crust, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rye, Rye, yeah. Rye. But uh, but Harrison. So we only had like I mean, Purchase has. Where we're really from, I guess. Yeah, Purchase mm-hmm. is a part of Harrison, but oh, it so exists. Purchase is, yeah, right? so yeah, exactly. Right. So exactly. Purchase has it had like a deli, mm-hmm. it had uh, uh, a restaurant, uh, yes, okay. and the Knicks, and it had a fire department. That and, was it. And the Knicks would practice at SUNY Purchase. Yeah. yeah. Oh right, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah. Austin is most famous for Sing Sing, Sing, Sing right? basically. Yeah. So that and was... also for Mad Men. Yes. Now, that, now. Don lives. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which was a good look, you know, because it's a small town. So I remember back in the days getting excited when I see Austin on the weather report. Oh, you yeah. know how they do like the sure. various little towns. Oh shit! Yeah, oh, we popping. Forty five in Austin. Yeah. Woo-hoo! <laughs> you know. At what age did you move up there? I was ten. And do you have any any siblings? I do. So what happened was. My mother married my stepfather, and then I gained two step you know, two step uh, siblings. Or I got stepbrother and stepsister. Older, step- younger, older, both okay. older. Uh, I'm the youngest gotcha. out of all. I got two. I have two. Uh, I have a sister and a brother on my mother's side, and then I have my step. You know, my stepbrother, and my stepsister, and I'm the youngest out of that, and the closest, probably about six years. And does that mean that you just got a free ride? Like your your parents were just like, whatever, no, nah, <laughs> figure it out. <laughs> it wasn't. No, I didn't get too much. I mean, it was interesting because, well, when I moved up there, like my stepbrother, the closest, he was the man out there. Like he played every sport, and he was a star athlete all across the board. So. That wasn't even my last name. My last name wasn't Lemon at that point. Mm-hmm. I that they changed my last name. My last name was Chase. Mm-hmm. So I went up there, became Damian Lemon or whatever. By the way, both two great last names. Yeah, yeah. I'm not mad at either. Yeah. yeah. So I became Eddie Lemon's little brother. Mm. You know what I mean? And he was like, "Oh, you fucking," you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And they didn't know I was his stepbrother, so they assuming that I'm gonna be great and athletically inclined, and I was nowhere near none of that <laughs> shit. I had to become funny. You yeah. know what I mean? And then, unfor- like, my mother passed when I was 13, so she mm. died when I was 13, and then my stepfather died when I was 17. Oh, my God. So there was a lot of, you know, there was times when I was kind of unsupervised. You yeah. know, it wasn't the worst shit, so I did a lot of just dumb shit, but nothing crazy, you know. Yeah. I still, you know. Holy shit, I didn't though. I in jail. You know? So your world is just upside down throughout your whole high school career, huh? I guess. You know, it's like one of those things that you don't really realize until, you know, people... Because when you have to deal with it, you just have to deal with it. That's yeah. just your reality. Right. It is what it is. It was it was unfortunate. It was fucked up, but it was it was what it was. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, and it was also like you didn't want anybody feeling when you're young. You don't want people feeling sorry for you, right? So I think that's where a lot of the humor came from, like just being funny, kind of deflect the whole lot of that type of shit, you know, and to carve a niche out for myself. Sure. Well, I mean, but like, what were you like before? I mean, were you were you funny before? Like even before that, or? I think so. I think I started getting funny, like, 
eight or nine. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and that was really because I saw like Delirious, mm-hmm. and I like basically memorized Delirious. I learned how to kind of tell a joke from that type of thing. I learned, you know, what was funny. Shit like that. So you learn how to get a laugh. We would always, you know, we're ranking on each other. You knew you had to be funny or you were going to be fooled. So yeah. it was more so a defense mechanism, initially. You know what I mean? After high school, mm-hmm. what happens then? I moved to Atlanta. I went to Clark Atlanta University. Clark Atlanta University, Atlanta University Center. Some famous alums. Some famous alums. People might know DJ uh, Drama. DJ Drama. We Don went to Cannon. School. Don Cannon. Uh Scotty Beam. <laughs> Scotty Beam, I hear. I don't know her, but she's like, you, you don't know, know Scotty? I know who she is, but I don't know her. She's a little she younger. Never, yeah, she never beat you up. <laughs> I heard that. I heard that on your That's on your right. Thing. Yeah. So you go down to Clark Atlanta University. Do you have any like plan as to like what you want to major in, what you want to do in life? What's the goal when you get down there? When I got to Atlanta, the goal was one to leave New York. You know, did that check. I left yeah. New York. I just had to leave. You know, I wanted to leave New York just because you wanted to see what was so great about it. You know what I mean? Like, right. you're from here. You're kind of you kind of take it for granted. So he's like, let's get away. Atlanta was popping. I didn't honestly my uh, my whole college selection process was based on black homecomings. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we went to a couple little, you know, college visits during black homecomings. Went to Howard. I wanted to go to Howard. Howard didn't. You know, they didn't approve my, uh, I tried to get Because you were black? You know what? <laughs> I, it could have been. It could have been. I don't know. Nah, they, I was trying to get a waiver on something like some, I was trying to get a waiver on the uh, application process. Mm-hmm. I felt like, you know, financially, I needed that waiver. Yeah. It was like, nah, I can't. So they we weren't just, on that wave. Yeah, we, they wasn't on that wave, so we waved that. See ya. And uh, Clark accepted me, you know? I'll be honest with you. They accepted me. I was like, all right, well, fuck it. Let's do it. I went down to Atlanta. I remember going to visit Atlanta February. I used to go to Atlanta a lot anyway. I got family from there. Freaknik. No, this was when I got down there. This was like the last two years of Freaknik. So we did see a little, you know what I mean? Like the, actually, I'll tell you some hilarious shit. I had a Freaknik, this is back when you had tapes. You know what I mean? Like this is the camcorder era. So I had a freak Nick tape that was so mean. It must have been about how mean was uh, <laughs> you know? Nah. It was so mean. Now nah, it was about a good seven minutes just of debauchery, right? Mm-hmm. Now the shit ended though. The beautiful thing about it, I mean everything, there's all types of shit going on, but the shit ended. There was a I guess she was a crackhead. Mm. And uh she built the crowd around her, she barked the crowd around her, she was like, Y'all give me twenty dollars, I'm gonna take twenty dollars and I'm gonna tie my pussy lips into a knot. <laughs> Somebody gave her twenty dollars. Took the twenty dollar bill, put it right here. Tied her pussy lips into a knot around the twenty. That was my final frame. I could have put like Finn. It could, it was, yeah. it, shit was beautiful. It was killing. It was killing in the you dorm. You were a film major. Oh, I was amazing. I was amazing with it. it. Was it was an amazing freak Nick tape. And I wound up fucking around and taping Seinfeld over it by accident. Yo, but what episode? <laughs> Maybe if it was the Bubble Boy, that's yeah, it. that's pretty good. Yo, that's mm. wild. Yeah, so I got to see that. I mean, congratulations. <laughs> I've never seen that. You're like, yo, yeah. this is not New York City anymore. Nah, this was a whole new situation. You get down there. Who's your roommate? My freshman year roommate was this cat named Ahmad. He was from he's from uh, Atlanta, mm. from ATL, full Atlanta. Went to Doug. You sound like Chris Tucker. <laughs> you know what I mean? You guys get along. Oh yeah, we got along. He was cool as shit. I was I was junkie. 
Okay. It was I was the junkie roommate. He was the clean roommate. Yep. You know what I mean? But you well, had to share things, right? Couple, yeah. yeah, we were really yeah. We had to yeah. We shared everything. He shared the fridge or whatever. Shared the fridge. His mom's was real cool. Like his they're from Atlanta, so his mother yeah. would drop through like every week and bring snacks. And sometimes she you know like black mother shit. Like she'd go out to like Walmart or go to the outlet and go get some underwear and shit. Like hey, find out what size they in. What size underwear? So I get me some fucking hill figure drawers from my mom. <laughs> Ahmad's moms and shit It was cool You know It was a good That was a good one uh, In the same class Drum Yep Same year we came in Drum lived Literally across the hall from me And this was This was DJ Drum This was Drama the Jedi Knight mm. Or at one point Dr. Amma Oh my god You know um, <laughs> Wait Dr. Amla? Dr. No Dr. <laughs> Amma Like if you took Drama You just cut oh, it in yeah, half yeah. a little bit For a hot second Yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> right down the hall was DJ Sense. Yeah, my man uh, West Manchild. Uh, I mean, we were you know it was it was a lot of us. My man Chris, like we still yeah. <laughs> yeah you know we still keep in touch to this day. They all we're all cool. We're all still good friends. But it was just it was interesting. You know, we were all finding our way at the time. Drum had turntables way back then. Crazy. Yeah, he in, was in a freshman dorm. <laughs> in a freshman, he had turntables and uh, since had turntables. Drum had a West Coast roommate. This kid named I think his name is Marquise, who was super West Coast because this is before the internet was yeah. really big. So right. regions, it was regional shit. There's like the only time you really saw a West Coast person was through either Ice Cube's lyrics or John Singleton or some shit. So to see somebody with the you know, with the hella and all of that shit. It was, you know, they, everybody play it up a little bit. Sure. Well, what are you listening to then? Muddy Waters. Red Man was big. Mm-hmm. Oh, for um, a second, I was like, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, right. I was on my blues yeah, thing. Yeah. It's going through a dark period. <laughs> nah, uh, Muddy Waters was popping at the time. It was little Half-Life came out, 96. Reasonable Doubt came out, 96. Yep. I won a Maxwell CD on the on the strip. Okay, you, you won it. How did I you won win it? it. <laughs> Sony came down. Sony, you know, had to like little college reps or whatever. Yeah, and they who was it? it was it was Sony? It was Maxwell and somebody. Oh, it was Maxwell and uh, I want to say it might have been Maxwell and Ghostface Iron Man album. Wow. I'm not sure if they came at the same time, but um. Did you have to tie a girl's pussy lips for twenty? I didn't. I didn't. It was much easier to get a Maxwell CD than to get a crackhead to tie her labia together. Are the parties like instantly different? I mean, the whole experience has to be different. You're in college. The whole shit was way different. It was, you know, because college is fake adulthood. You right. Know what I mean, like you're finalist. It's purgatory for adulthood. So you're out, but you're not really out. No, but you're learning things, you're though. Learning, like, you're learning how to be somewhat of a grown person. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Learn how to be someone a grown person. You're learning, you know, you, you're meeting people, you're meeting women, you're learning, you're getting your trial and error on, on the, you know. So Jeff, Jeff went right. to school in Boston, right? Okay. Very much a college town. Atlanta is right. very much a college town. Right. Did you go to, like, other schools' parties? Did you, like, Hell know Hell what- yeah. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. Really? Yo, Tufts had the wild parties. Did they? MIT. Sup- <laughs> Surprisingly, not great parties. Okay, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, except actually, you want to know what? I went to one like crazy MIT party. Actually, the way I say it makes it sound like MIT party. Yes, <laughs> yeah. It's a it's a Republican joke from 2010. Yeah, so yeah. If anybody doesn't get it, but no, like BU's parties were whack, and then everybody else's were better. Did Is you that way you went to BU? Yeah. Okay. Did you run around Atlanta? We ran around. Yeah, freshman year. Like typically, when I was there, it was still at AUC, so there was. 
there was Clark, there was Morehouse, Spellman, and Morris Brown. Mm-hmm. Morris Brown is, I don't know if they closed the doors, but it's not what it used to be. So just on that campus, you got a bunch of different, you know, you go over to Spellman. They used to do like a little, they called it Fashion Friday. On Friday, they would open up their campus because Spellman's campus, you couldn't go on unless you had, you know, unless you had a, a class over there. Is that because you're a guy? That, I mean, kind of. <laughs> Kind, yeah, kind of. They they were very, you know, they were behind the, you know, behind the gate. Like yeah. it was, it was, it was girl jail. It was basically, <laughs> it was a whole lot. It was definitely a little bit of red tape to get over there, which made them a little bit more sought after. You yeah. like, oh shit, yeah, you get behind the gate, you know. But on Fridays, there would be all of the girls from Spelman out there. You go on their, you know, go on their campus. They would have like. What was big in Atlanta at that time was a lot of vending. I don't know if they did that on your campus, but it was a lot of vending, meaning like selling T-shirts, mm. selling mixtapes. You know, like Drum would sell mixtapes. There would be a DJ DJing. People have little T-shirts, you know. You know, obviously you could flip the whatever the ill logo was of the time you would do your college appropriation of the ill logo or the ill saying. Right. So it was a lot of that, but really it was just... To meet, you know? Yeah. Fucking... Yeah. BU didn't have that. BU is mostly just like overprivileged Jewish kids on cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> that was not you. I, I did not do cocaine, no. Yeah. Um, so what was what was your, your sort of like long-term plan at that point? Did My, you know as a freshman or did it take a couple years to figure it out? I th- Yeah, I kind of had a plan. My plan, I went down to be a psychology major. Only reason I was a psychology major is because my psychology teacher and we, we, we clicked in high school. It was one of the few classes like I was really there for. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't a bad student, but if I got bored, I'd check out or I'd disrupt the class type of thing. But I had this one teacher, Dr. Sensulo, who was cool. He was a psych major and psych just appealed to me. I mean, he's a psych teacher. Psych appealed to me. So I was like, all right, I'll be a child psychologist. Hmm. You know what I mean? It felt like, you know, felt like something I could do. I felt like that seventh grade, eighth grade area is where kids could kind of get off on the wrong path. So if right. you were there to kind of, you know, st- you know, coach them along and, and let them know what they're going through is going to listen. We'll get beyond this type of shit, you know, that type of thing. So I felt like that was my role. I got there. Psychology was a great major. It wasn't super, you know, it wasn't the most challenging. It wasn't like biology. I kind of knew, <laughs> let me find something that I'm interested in so I could kind of stay interested in. It was nothing but women <laughs> in the psychology department. I mean, it's really honestly. So did you figure out women? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I, there was a lot of trial and error, a lot of pre, a lot of pre and post tests. And um, I remember clearly there was this one girl, January, from Oakland. She was bad. She was uh, It sounds like a Drake lyric Right <laughs> Would it be like Such and such From Peachtree yeah. <laughs> But I'm in there And I'm trying You know I'm talking my shit And I remember her Turning to me It was like a movie It was like a fucking One of them Like a best man movie Or something She turned to me She was like I don't know why you came here But I came here for an education mm. And I'm serious <laughs> If that yeah. girl Turned around and told me That I should get My shit like in order I would go back I would practice my snare drum And I would make it To that drum line And and it made me be like Fuck that I'm serious too You know (laughs) what I mean Like I had to think about the shit And it made me really think about Like okay let's not Fuck up Because it's very easy I mean it was It was a part It was you know Atlanta was a party And we hadn't even Freshman year We hadn't even really Ventured out into Atlanta yet This is just still campus life Yeah Like Atlanta's a couple different layers There's the Atlanta industry, which you get into a little later as you get a little older, you know, but um, Atlanta, just the campus itself, 
it was a whole bunch of shit to do. You know, you could lose focus very easily if you allowed yourself. There was a lot of people going home after one or two semesters never to be seen from again. Man. Or girls getting pregnant and, you know, dudes, you know, getting a woman pregnant and now you got to, you know, got to drop out, figure it all out. And you didn't want to lose. Like, you didn't want to leave. Like, the people there, we knew it was popping. Yeah. Like, the big thing down there was the male-female ratio was, like, 14 women to a, one guy. Jesus. So, I mean, like, it was it's bananas. <laughs> yeah. It was like you felt blessed. So, you get, so you, you sort Got of, it. you figure, all right, I'm going to get serious with this. Yeah. I wanted to be a child psychologist at the time. Right. And I remember maybe my... I guess junior, maybe even senior year, my one of my professors, Dr. Plummer, she said, you know, if you want to be competitive in psychology, you got to at least get your Ph.D. And I'm like, fuck, which is, you know, absolutely even more school. And yeah, she's like, like 12 more years. You know what I mean? Like we're going. This is a commitment now. And then it was just like she said, you know, your Ph.D. That really just stands for poorhouse doctor. And at that moment, I was turned off. I'm like, I'm not investing all of this. Yeah. To. To yield just a little bit of paper. Because this is still like late 90s going into 2000s. This is cash money era. This is bad boy <laughs> era. This is about, you know what I mean, Rockefeller. This is about get money. Mm-hmm. It wasn't about, you know, non-profit ethos wasn't really on the radio. No, you know what I mean? You could be like that psychologist that wears like a triple XL, like white tee. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Mm. Be like a Michael Eric Dyson. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Shout out to Michael Eric Dyson. I fuck with Michael Eric Dyson, though. Did you think that you were going to stay down there, or were you always looking to come back to New York, or... I kind of always... Oh, so part of... It was either going to be psychology, and then it kind of was going to be advertising. Because while I was down there, I got my hand into a whole lot of different things. Like, when I got down there, probably my freshman year, I saw people out there, you know, do a street team promotion. So I saw, you know, people giving out free music. So I was like, well, how you do this? I wound up getting plugged to a bunch of different labels. I started doing, like, street teaming for labels back in New York, like Rockefeller. I mean, shit, fucking entertainment. Yeah, whoa. Dumb shit. LaFace down there. Yeah. So-so deaf a little bit. That was fun just getting and that got me into the that got me kind of into the entertainment game like got me out there in the parties and shit like that you know you had a bit of currency right when you you know when you had the new music or the new vinyl kind of that was something then at the other on the same time I had like a, a internship at this advertising agency down there called West Wayne I don't think it's there anymore but they had a like they had a diversity shop within it called Black Sheep and it was kind of like it was early diversity marketing. Well, I mean, so, it was called Black Sheep. It was, you know, <laughs> it was very on the nail, yeah. right? But it was like a rotational internship where you got to do like brand planning, copywriting, uh, I forget what, media planning and something else. So you got to see a glimpse of everything. And, you know, advertising was really sexy to me because it was, it was kind of the psychology of consumerism. It was like, okay, so how can I get this person to spend this money? So you get in people's heads and you get to see what gets people excited about products. And to this day, I still like that. I still love marketing. But um, it was very competitive. Like I did that and I came back here to New York thinking that, you know, the advertising, you know, the advertising landscape would be much greater up here and there'd be some opportunity. But it took so long to get, you know, to find a job that. uh, Is that when you end up at Vibe? I do, well, I was looking for a job for like eight months, and uh, it was a long eight months. Because you know when you get out of college, 
you know, it's that race to get your whoever's yeah. going to get on first yep. and whoever has the little glamour job. I remember at the time, Drum had graduated same time as me. Drum wound up being like a PA on the set of Baby Boy. Really? Which was fly as shit. Yeah. Though. Like, yo, I'm in L.A. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, ah, this nigga's winning. Because that was the goal. We all wanted to get you out. You to meet Tyrese. Yeah. yeah. Nah, well, <laughs> still to this day. <laughs> but now, nah, you know, you just wanted to come out and conquer the game. You know, that's just the, you know, that's how it is when you're young. you like, yo, psh, I can't wait till I get in the game because these motherfuckers don't know what they're doing. You right. know that? Yeah. Right. That type of, that type of, uh chip on your shoulder type yeah. thing plus it was just like you want to establish yourself you want to start making your own money i'm living in long island at that time with my sister and my brother-in-law my my little niece you know and i'm broke as shit you know what i'm saying so eight months eight months oh which, my god yeah, it was eight months sending out resumes going to the library fixing your resume oh you know god. a lot of this shit don't we don't even do this like anymore but nah. i wound up at vibes i went to a roots event a friend of mine was cool with one of the was cool with uh, a major root or lesser root? No, 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 major root, a major root, a, a, a current root still. You know what I mean? So, a good friend of mine had a relationship. They were cool with one of the roots, and they were doing. This was 1999. They were doing a tribute to Prince's 1999. Mm. So they're playing the entire album front to back, and they had various singers and performers do each song. That was the first time I ever seen Bilal, and the shit was crazy. It was at the BAM. And um, I'm sitting in my row, and next to me, to my left, is this woman. She's got, like, a cocktail dress. And, um, you know, she's going in. Like, she <laughs> dancing and shit in the hips. aisle. Yeah. Like, yeah, dance, she's got a cocktail dress on, very shapely. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So we chopping it up. She cool. <laughs> she, you, know, we, you know, I was fucking with her energy. It was cool, bugging <laughs> out. And we get to talking. She knows so much about music. Like, she's breaking down, oh, yeah, this is such and such. And what they just did there, like, she had a lot of insight. So it wasn't just a woman in a cocktail dress just out there trying to be seen. Like, she obviously was, you know, of the culture. Sure. You know, for sake of a better term. Turns out her name was uh, Beverly Smith, who's Mm. now Bevy Smith. You ever seen, like, fashion queens things of that nature? She was working at Vibe at the time. She was, like, the, I think, the fashion advertising director. And I was telling her I was trying to find a gig. So she said, give me your information. I'll plug you to a couple people. She put me on a bunch of cool interviews. It got very close to me actually working for her. But that didn't pan out. I got another job at Vibe. So that's where I started. I started working at Vibe and Spin at the same time. And I was doing like advertising, you know, like like an advertising coordinator. Were they position. owned by the same people at the time? They used to be owned by the same people. Used to be used to be called Vibe Spin Ventures at mm. that point. Cuz now they're back together, I think. Are they? I, I think, think so. they, I think this might be the third time they're back yeah. together. <laughs> too. Yeah. Just a bad relationship mm-hmm. that keeps getting back together. Yeah, it's yeah. a it's the real Tyga and Kylie uh, sort of <laughs> of periodicals. Yeah. So you so you go over there and is that on uh Lexington? That was on last 215. 215 Lexington, right? Yeah. During the Danielle Smith era? Even before that, I think I started in the, uh, was I? I oh, might have started in the Allen, I might have been Alan at the Light. tail end of the Allen Light era, definitely the Emil Wilbekin era, yep. Danielle Smith era, Mimi Valdez era, wow. you know, yeah, 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 I was there, I was there for a bit. You it were was, the longest tenured out of, like, all those people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it was a good time, though. Yeah, yeah I it was, a, it was. It was definitely... Did you go to the Vibe Awards? I did, I worked on the Vibe Awards. Real, it, I was... 
Dude, it's the funniest shit. I was, it was, <laughs> this is so funny how you could leverage uh, horror for your own benefit. Oh my God. So I was at the Vibe, I was backstage when shit popped off with Young Buck and all of that. Oh my God. And I remember, um, I remember the brat, Lisa Ray, Gabrielle Union were all backstage and it was a little like, oh shit, what's going on? You know what I mean? <laughs> I was the dude, had my little laminate on, I was a fella, like, hold on ladies. <laughs> Stay on this side. I see what's going on. So I was the I came to them in distress, and I got a mean photo with me, Gabriel Union, and Lisa Ray. Oh my god! I would post it, but I got this fucking doofy ass laminate on. I should have tucked the laminate. You know those type no, of moments. No, it out. Gotta now, let it live. Gotta let it live. Now, now, yeah, now you know. <laughs> nah, but I worked on. I worked on. Yeah, from the first Vibe Awards to I don't know how many of ran. Crazy. To the Vibe Awards, we did Vibe Weekend Vibe with a bunch of shit. Yard Fest like. I was there for a minute, man. It was a great. It was fun. It was so a great time. going back to college, yeah. Was there any point when someone's like, "Yo, you're really funny. You should try stand up." Yep. And what was your immediate answer? Nope. <laughs> nope. Yeah, I fucking I fronted. It was a couple reasons. I front. Well, one because it's got to be like open mics happening like on campus, right? Here and there. Here and there. With the thing about. Okay, yeah, there was a few open mics. wasn't It wasn't as big as you would think, but what happened is like at a lot of the homecomings, you know, they would have the comedy show, and the thing fucked up thing. I don't know about every other school, but I know for sure, like Clark Atlanta, sometimes Morehouse, whatever. You go, there's, there's, you know, comedy. There's a hierarchy to it, and you. The thing about comedy is you have to, you can't do it. You can't do it in a vacuum. You have to get better in front of people. So you have to be, you have to eat shit in front of people. You got to be terrible. You got to be, or not even just terrible, you got to be lesser known. You know what I'm saying? So there will be times where there'll be comedians that probably weren't as popping or as immediately, I don't know this guy from TV, who the fuck, you know, and these are kids that have never even been to a comedy show and still kind of of the, yo, we going to make him our entertainment. So mm-hmm. they would heckle the comics, boo the comics, shit on the comics. So it was just like something that you didn't want to put yourself in that. Because sure. it could go wrong very easily. Totally. You know what I'm saying? Like, that was the Def Jam era, too. And that's when comedy, especially black comedy, was very, like, it was in your face. Right. You know what I'm saying? It was like, when I come out here, I'm going to probably light up everybody in the front row. Mm-hmm. So everybody in the front row is kind of on guard. And then there's people that's like, fuck that. I'm going to light him up before I get, you know, that type of thing. So it never really... I know I was funny, but I didn't know if I wanted to get that to get put yeah. it to the test. Yeah, because then if I fucked up and wasn't as funny as I thought, I had to find a whole new identity. Mm. You know what I mean? But uh, I remember clearly there was one time on man's we was uh, we had a party and it was like drum and sense DJing and we were kicking it, you know. And uh, there was an open mic, and I had a friend of mine. Um, shout out to my man Rashawn from South Carolina. He was a funny dude, too. And he did, like, five minutes of stand-up. And it was decent. It was all right. And uh, I think I could have done just as good, if not better. You know what I mean? My people was like, yo, you get on there. You funny. You funnier than him. But it was, in that moment, I was like, nah. Because I was on some too cool shit, too, in college. <laughs> Listening I, to Maxwell. I got I you. I was yeah, yeah. not even that. It was, <laughs> I was weak. A lot of, I, I feel like, on one level, I do feel like I might have missed out on certain, certain things because, I was that guy that was like, nah, I ain't going to do too much. I'm chilling. Again, because this is just, 
This is you defending your fear. Sure. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to play yourself, so you be like, nah, I'm good. I'm chilling. You know, <laughs> people do that. They'll deflect what they want because they scared to go for it. And for a while, that shit, I was regretful of that. Like, damn, I had I started then, I could have had X amount of years on the game, you know. But you start when you start. Of course. You know. You come back up here, you start working for Vibe. Right. At what point are you like, I'm going to give this a real shot? Who's, who's that person pushing you? Is it you? I'd always had the, you know, I had the bug. I had the urge. I would go to comedy clubs. I would go to, like, you know, I would love comedy. I'd go still, you know, I'm still a, a spectator. I love comedy more than most people, you know, because a lot of people don't really go to comedy shows like that. You know what I mean? So I was going to comedy shows because I quietly still wanted to do it. So you know how you kind of satellite around some shit before you jump in? Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, man. One day I was talking to my lady and I was like, yo, <sighs> like I told maybe three people. I kind of remember I told my my lady might have been the first person I told. And it was like the toughest thing because. When you, for me, you know, when you were to say, yo, I want to do comedy, now everybody like, you know, people, like, that's something that you don't really hear. You might hear it now, but that was something that you didn't, oh, you want to be a comedian? Mm -hmm. Really? All right. You think you could be funny? You you know what I mean? Like, there's no, you know, like, there's no real track for that. Like, the people I knew didn't really know, you know, what to do or whatever. So I I remember it took me forever to tell my lady, like, yo, I think I want to be a comedian. You know what I mean? Like, I think I think I want because once I once I put it out in the world, I knew I was going to have to follow up on it. It was one of those things like for years I would write it down. You know how you got. I don't know if you do it, but at the end of every year, I would see what I accomplished that year. And then I make some goals for the next year. And for years, it would be get on stage, do comedy, get on, you know. So I would see the shit roll over, roll. That was one goal that I hadn't done. And I was just like, dude, you need to go ahead and fuck with this shit. And then uh, finally, I went to a spot. I did an open mic. Where was it? It was in the village. I was at this club called Sal's Comedy Hole. It's no longer there, but it's like literally a block down the street from the cellar. Mm. It's uh, Yeah, it was right down the corner of Bleecker and McDougal. And it was like a little bullshit basement spot. They had like a six o'clock open mic. I had gone before, kind of to stake it out. I remember the guy was walking around with the clipboard like, you want to do it? I was like, nah, I'm fine. I'm just watching. And then I said to myself, I'm going to do this shit, right? So the day I was like, I'm going to do it. I go there, and I'm still maybe in the back of my mind ready to front. You know what I mean? Be like, ah, I'm all right. Soon as I stepped in the spot, soon as I get to the bottom of the steps, the dude with the clipboard's like, yo, you ready? Like, it was, <laughs> I couldn't back out, so I just signed the thing. I sat there and waited about 30 minutes till it was time for them to call me. And I remember, like, just trying my heart. I'm not into meditation or yoga or any of that type of thing, but for whatever reason, I was just trying to calm my nerves so much that I damn near fell asleep. <laughs> like, I don't know. I've not, I'm, you know. You this, turned I, into Hannibal Barris. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly, right? <laughs> so uh, when I finally went on stage, I did them five minutes, and I got some laughs, and I haven't turned back since. Did five minutes seem like? It just seemed like three days. Yeah. It seemed like forever. I might not even done the full five minutes. I think I might have done three and a half something. It just because you know initially you think oh five minutes that ain't shit. Five minutes is a long yeah. fucking time, especially if you don't know what you're talking about. Or, <laughs> yeah, it was a lot, but it was I'm excited. It was a great opportunity. Did you have like 
bits in your head or yeah. were you okay so you you had some idea I, yeah. what you're gonna say was yeah. it just like so like i guess we're all here right no 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 no, <laughs> you no. Didn't, i was into do, do, like crowd work crowd I went, where are you from <laughs> no 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 i wasn't hitting that i was uh no i had bits in my head i would write bits prior to me getting on stage like i would write them like a fucking rapper that's not sure if he wants to be a rapper you writing rhymes on the low it's kind of like how Mano was talking about. He ain't want to tell nobody. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was one of those things because it was like, oh, you want to do comedy? Right. Really? Oh. Because oh. I was already funny, but it's funny when I started, to, everybody that was saying, people used to say it for years, you should do comedy, you should do comedy. So when I finally got to it, it was like, the fuck? You know, shit. But they were right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so you get, now you got, now you're up there and you got experience and you right. got the bug. Right. Do you, do you know where to go from there? What are you talking about? Like in that you, moment? In or? That, like, yeah, you step off the stage. You're like, all right, next I'm going to like start doing this weekly. Or like I know that there's other spots that I can run to. Like, Do you have anyone you know who's doing it who can help you along and move in the right direction? No, you kind of meet everybody there. Right. Because like, it's a whole new community, right? So you meet all the other hopefuls and you meet people that are like months, weeks, years into doing open mics. So it becomes that open mic circuit. Oh, yeah, they got a mic over here. You should do that. There's a mic that's free. You could do that, blah, blah, blah. So you're just hitting mics because nobody really knows you. You don't really, you know, you're not getting booked for shows. Did you ever do like bringer crowds? No, I don't think so. I always saw the scam in that because you got to realize I worked in events and shit like that. And I seen right through it. I was like, oh, that's awesome. You know what I mean? Because. Yeah, I'm not going to... You You're know. not going to invite 10 of your friends to yeah. have them laugh at your jokes. Exactly. Yeah. And those, the bringer shows, you know, they weren't, like, people would stack the, they stacked the room. Yeah. So it would be one of those things where the crowd would be divided. The crowd ain't really going to give this, this comedian no love. Because yeah. they got to hold all of this till their mans come up or whatever. And it was just like, well, if I could bring 10 people out, I could have my own show. Mm. Right. So that was the next thing. So after doing the mic circuit for a while, me and my man, um... It's Cat Vladimir Camano. We do a podcast together. Me, Vladimir, my man Ali, called in the conversation. Yep, Vladimir who just got a TV show. Vladimir who just got a TV show on NBC. Shout out to that man. Yeah, most we definitely. we met at a, a at a open mic at Nevada Smiths right over in like the East Village or whatever. And he was a funny dude, and we you know we just kicked it. That was my dude. We were you know it was a few cats. My man Reese Waters, who's on ESPN now. He was one of them cats that I met at the open mic. We were, you know we started to build a bit of a community. And uh, there was two comics, Victor Cruz and Kenny Ortega, who Vlad knew, who had a they had a night at the Laugh Lounge back on on Essex Street. Mm-hmm. And they were getting rid of the night, and they asked Vlad, "You want the night?" So Vlad was like, "Yeah, let me see if I, you know." He reached out to me, said, "You want to do this show?" So we created a show called Comedy on a Hump every Wednesday. So it was cool because then at that point we had a residence. You know, because when you first start and then your friends, you know, they, they want to come support you. When's your next show? <laughs> you know, and it'd be bullshit oftentimes. But when you say, I'm here every Wednesday. Yeah. It kind of eliminates the, oh, I forgot. You know, every Wednesday. <laughs> next Wednesday, I'll be there, you know. <laughs> and it's a good place to, you know, workshop your shit and, and develop a crowd. And we only needed like eight to ten people to have a show. Mm-hmm. So it's the same amount of people that you would need for a bringer criteria. And we're getting money at the door and we get into start to produce our own shows and put other comics that we think are funny on. And again, like I, you know, I I did events. So I treated it like an event. Like I put together a flyer. None of us really had real fucking 
no real credits. You know what I mean? Nothing to speak of. But if you got written up on a website or if you had some shit, we put that as your yeah, credit. You know sure. what I mean? Yeah. But it looked like something. Totally. And, you know, we it kept from there. We rocked that football. Did anybody ever get stabbed at uh, one of your things? And did you ever have to protect Gabrielle Union? That's right, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that, no. That event experience. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't. Not that time. But I was, you know, we, you know, we ran drills. You know what I mean? But it never, never, never actually happened. Um, did you... Were you still working at Vibe at that point? Uh, not when I was doing comedy on The Hump. I start, I was still working at Vibe probably the first year of me doing comedy. At, and I was still on the low with it. Okay. Like, So no one knew? No, because I had this... What are you doing tonight? Yo, you should come get drinks. Like, yeah. nah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I got a, you know, I got a meeting. <laughs> and meanwhile, I'm out in the street barking. I'm one of these, yo, you like comedy type of motherfucker? Not the, not that you like comedy, but comedy show. Yeah, right. I'm yeah. not out there lying to you. I'll tell you who the real people were, but I'm out there trying to bark people in because yeah. that's how you get stage time. So I'm out there barking, but it was almost like I'm selling crack because I'm looking right. down the block <laughs> to make sure I know nobody because right. I don't want people like, what the fuck you out here doing? You, <laughs> you know, because my, my goal was to get great, like very quickly. And Before then, any of them, yeah. You know, you know how it could be sure, when you start to invite people out. So, uh, but when I, like, when I got let go, when I got laid off, it was all in. It was comedy. It was fuck it. So vibe, vibe let you go. Yeah, I got let go. What was that meeting like? Mm, that meeting was that meeting was like you know what it was like to me. It was like you seen Goodfellas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know the part when uh, you felt like Joe Pesci was about to get made and oh, then yeah. they shoot him. In the yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was. It felt just like that. Like. I knew what it was. As soon as it was an early morning meeting, hey, then you want to come in here? And it was just very somber. Mm. <laughs> and then HR's in the room and the door closes. And it was, oh, you already know what it is. Uh. And I was kind of ready to go. I needed that. Like, I had been flirting with the idea of leaving. Mm-hmm. You know, people before me, I lived like Bev had been gone. My man Ali had been gone. You know, they were going to, to you know, embark on their own shit. And again, like, this was a very independent mind you know, this was a very independent... I was very, like, indie. The culture was very indie. Yo, we got to start our own thing. Mm-hmm. I was even managing producers at a time. Really? You know what I mean? Yeah. Me and uh, me and Nicole Planton. Shout out to Nicole Planton. She's on uh, she's on the West Coast. She's actually killing shit in, uh, in the music game now. She's still at Rostrum now. But, um, That's dope. We used to co-manage a couple producers. Uh, Omen levels, a few people. Oh. You know what I mean? Huh. So it was all right. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like I wasn't. I'm a yeah. I'm a way better comedian than I am a producer manager. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, man, it was. I needed that because I was stacking money and I was like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna leave." You know what I mean? And I I hadn't jumped out the window, so that little boot was everything I needed. So what was the first show that people who you had worked with at Vibe mm-hmm. when they came through? Probably at the uh, at the Hump. And was it a surprise to them? Like, were, were they like, oh, shit, you're funny. And you're just like. Kind of, depending <laughs> on who it was, you know, because I was a bit of a cubicle comedian. You uh-huh. know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Like, I had funny jokes in the in the conference room and shit like that. But but you got a it, microphone and people yeah, take it differently. Yeah. yeah, people look at you differently, you know. And, uh, yeah, people were like, okay. Yo, you, fu- <laughs> you Yeah, you were good. Oh, shit. Because there's that relief moment. Because we've all went out oh, to sure. see some people who weren't. Where they could have been, you know right, what I mean? Right, and you're right. like, all right, you know, keep doing it. So this is this is what you want to do, you know, right, those right, type right, of conversations. Right, 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 right. All right, so this is all right. <laughs> I see what you're doing. So you're doing you're doing that show weekly. 
I'm doing that show every Wednesday. And yeah. you're playing other... Here and there. Other rooms? A little bit, yeah. Here and there. I'm starting to, starting to pop up on other lineups. Because now I got a room, so now it's like, yo, you do my room, I'll do your room. You know, that type of thing. So slowly getting up to maybe like two, three spots a week, mm-hmm. you know, and... On and on and on from there. And the New York like comedy scene at that time, because nobody had really like moved out to L.A. from that from that, that era. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so like you know who else is around at that time? Like did you know like the Joe Mandys and like right the alt scene? Yeah. Yeah. I got into this is okay. So yeah, I knew the I knew the alt comics like Joe Mandy. Uh, I'm trying to think of who's like. I mean, they ran around with like Max Silvestri, Gabe Delahaye, Matt, yeah, I Jenny know Slate. Um, they had the big terrific show yeah, right, right. in Brooklyn. Yeah. Right. Kurt Bronner and Kristen Shaw had the hot tub show and uh you know, there was the still sweet. Um Hannibal had his yeah, show Hannibal, yeah, before yeah. even before the knitting factory, there was uh like I think it was Bar Matchless he had a show there. You know, so yeah, I kinda cause when I first came up I was kinda I was doing the open mic stuff, and I was doing a lot of black rooms, too. Because in the black rooms, you could get stage time in the New Jack section. You know what I mean? Meaning, like, there's, like, 20 minutes allotted before they put on the booked comics. And it's really like an amateur hour type of thing. We don't really know if these motherfuckers is going to be funny or not. But if you really wanted five minutes, there you go. So I would do a lot of shit, like, at Mocha, Five Spot out in Brooklyn, Tracks out in Brooklyn, Footprints, a bunch of places that have closed, like the Inkwell, like just look bouncing around spots, stuff like that. I did, if I could get a little spot here at a club, because the club game was, you had to be passed typically to get in at the clubs. So it was like bar shows, bringer shows, open mics, hood rooms. So I did this show friend of mine, Khalees, Khalees Hawkins. She's also a very funny comedian. She had a show at the Village Lantern. We, I used to do her show, and then she got this opportunity to program a seller hopefuls, comedy seller hopefuls. Mm-hmm. You know, the comedy seller is still like the, the grail yeah, for yeah, comedians. Yeah. And, you know, so it was an opportunity to get in at the seller, but on this late show that was programmed basically for the next generation of comedians, right? So that's why I met Hannibal. Like, he had done it maybe the week before me, and I had done it the way the week that I was doing it. He was in the audience, him, Baron Vaughn, a few people. I had a great set. We met there. You know, we got cool there, started doing some of his stuff. And he was popping already. He had been on television, you know, like little small things, but he was already kind of on the road. Mm. So I was like, yo, I'm trying to get on the road. What's good? You know, you got opportunities. Let me know. And after a while, maybe about six months or so, he has some opportunities. You want to come with me to Philly? Feature for me here. Do this. Feature for me there. First time we ever met Hannibal was at, at Cypher Sound Show. Yeah, at, mm. at Comics, which no longer exists. Right. And so Cypher had a show, and who you else know, was there? Patrice was there. Yeah, I mean, you 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 know what you're gonna get like at a Cypher Sound Show, right. and then this dude comes on who just like was totally left. Yeah, and we thought it, like it got zero reaction. We thought it was yeah. the funniest we thought it was thing. the greatest thing. Yeah, yeah. And we're like. Holy shit, like dudes right. from Chicago, whatever, whatever. Hannibal comes up to us afterwards. He's like, oh, it's the real. And we're like, oh, this is wild. Like, you had the best set of the night. I'm sorry that the rest of the crowd may mm-hmm. not have reacted to it. But, mm-hmm. you know, like, this is dope. A week later, he was on Jimmy Fallon, right. at, you know, subbing for uh, whoever, like, had canceled that night. And okay. then Seth Meyers saw him that night. SNL. And then the next week, you know, right. he's, he's SNL. on SNL. Yeah. yeah, It was just wild, though, because, like, in that room, it just didn't get... 
yeah. anything. Yeah. And then he goes on, and people just outside of that room understand it. And they it, fucked with it. Yeah. yeah, totally. It's just a matter of sensibility. What's the biggest difference between like a club night and like club crowd and a college crowd? One, they're not drunk. <laughs> you know, like that you college, know of. That, that, <laughs> yeah, it's true. That's true. Some could be drunk. Some could be high. Um, it's well lit more mm-hmm. often than not. It's not really more often than not conducive to comedy unless you're a bit of a name and they put you like in a theater or something like that. Dog, I've done some colleges where we're in the fucking cafeteria yeah. performing in the middle of <laughs> two periods. Like people are leaving and then other people are showing up like, the fuck is going on here? And you got to continue your 20 minutes because uh. you need that money. <laughs> Adam Hannibal asked this real quick to come out and see him perform at... The Bamboozle Fest, okay. which was in the parking lot of Giant Stadium, right? Yeah. Midget wrestling and rock bands right. and like craziness. And I remember him stopping one point and just <laughs> going, everybody just like turn around for a second and just like take this all in because this is the weirdest. <laughs> Bizarre. And yeah. like an outside, outdoors gig too. Like it's just everything. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's crazy. We saw you perform at... Gramercy? Gramercy, right, opening right. for Hannibal's uh-huh. uh, Comedy Central yeah. special? Uh-huh, the first one. What's that process like? He calls you and you're like, I'm, I'm down, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But you had been opening for him. Yeah, we had been. We had just right. done a run. So he was like, yo, you want to do you want to do uh, you want to you want to do warm up for when I do my special? Yeah, okay. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, fuck it. Hell yeah. You know, um, the funny thing, though, uh, about that shit, cats don't know. The funny thing was. Since it was a it was a Comedy Central special, so it's a union special. I had already done Russell Simmons' The Ruckus, right? So I had a credit. And when you do anything that's union, it was a SAG, uh, a SAG job, you do the first one. You get one, they call it Taft-Harley, where you don't have to pay your union dues. Mm-hmm. But if you do another union job, you have to pay your union fees to get down into the union. And they get it. And this was before SAG was SAG after. This was still when they were. So the shit was like twenty three hundred dollars. I didn't have no. I wasn't making money really like that. And it was like I'm about to go broke to do this gig. Because in order to, even though I'm not going to be on the show, I mean, there's the opportunity that could happen. But even though I'm not going, I'm on a union set. You have to pay. We already tapped Hartley Juice, so you know. So I'm like, fuck, I got to figure out now. Like I'm getting X amount of dollars to do this, but I got to pay basically triple that yeah holy shit or took the opportunity because they let me break out the the payments but um, yeah it was just an interesting moment or you could have changed your name yeah (laughs) i thought about that (laughs) yeah and how did that night go for you it was fun it was a good time man um i met chris rock that night you know he came through it was fun man i was more excited i was more happy for him you know it was the first time he was doing a special you know what i mean uh it was just a, it was a cool night. It was a, it was a fun night. It felt good in the room. Yep. You know, I just didn't. You know, I just wanted to just set it up. You know what I mean? Make sure we good in the in the room. And then, you know, you do your your act, but then you also still have to do a bit of the announcements, which is kind of corny. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? But you know, you do that as well. I had a good time. That's it was fun. Yeah, it was a fun night. What are the warmest rooms that you found outside of New York? Uh, Arizona. <laughs> Very, very human. Very human. Nah, actually, I'm going out to Arizona at the end of this month. Um, I know, I was plugging you. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> nah, I have fun at, uh, what's some good rooms? Cap City in Austin is really good. No, we want to hear like the like the ha-has and like the, um, the, the, the giggle hut and <laughs> the funny bones yeah. and all of that. 
I've played Funny Bones. I've played the club called Crackers. And, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, they, you know, these are some weird ass names. Uh, have you played anywhere near Osning? Uh, oh, you should go to Sing Sing. <laughs> oh, oh, that's the special. That's the special. Nah, what? I haven't played. I mean, I've played places in Westchester, but I don't think there's. Isn't there one like uh, over the? What's the big mall? Oh, the Palisades. Oh, I played Levity Live a bunch of times. Yeah, okay. I've done that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. But that's yeah. I guess that's in the vicinity. Okay. <laughs> but have you had people from like high school or middle yeah. school? Really? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. People have been coming out. That's dope. People come out to see the show. You know. Yeah. At what point does MTV start reaching out? Uh, MTV happened probably like 2010, 2010, uh, maybe around two thousand ten. I think it, it it happened a couple times. You know, like I did this. I did New York's funniest comedian. Uh, the Carolines competition. I got to the semifinals. I got I got knocked out in the semifinals. But uh, do you remember the who? Who won that year? Nate Bargatze won mm. that year. Mm-hmm. Very funny comedian. Sure. Yeah. So it wasn't like a nobody. No, right. no, 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 no. <laughs> like it was industry plan. exactly, exactly. <laughs> nah. Um, so, but I got I got seen by a couple people, and uh, I got seen by who will become my manager, who's now my agent. But um, they made the switch. Well, yeah, later, yeah, they made the switch. They were initially my manager for a few years, and they went back to the agency thing. So, mm. you know, but uh, I didn't know him at the time. I didn't know him. He just saw me. He liked my, you know, he liked what I did, and he started making calls. You know what I mean? So, I had a meeting with uh, MTV with uh, Jessica Zalkine. So, I had a meeting with her, and she was like, "Yeah, I heard about." It was like a general, you know. I heard about you. Conan told me about you. That's my manager's name. Mm. I'm like Conan. <laughs> the only Conan I know is Conan O'Brien. Like, oh my like, hot shit! I'm, damn, is it like that? Because you hear shit like that, like, oh, maybe he was in the back of the room or whatever. But then I found out it was actually Conan Smith, who's now my. <laughs> what is but, Conan Smith's hair like? It's actually, uh, <laughs> it's actually pretty bright orange. It, yeah, 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 not bright orange, but it's 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 got a little, it's got a little. Uh, is there like a a hump to it? <laughs> It's got a little light bouffant. He it takes it serious. It's not as crazy as Conan's, but yeah, he, yeah, yeah. you know, he, he's living out there. So your, your name, you're out here? I'm out here. So I started, so I did that, and then I did uh, MTV Showcase. A friend of mine, Sachi, uh, she was, oh, yeah. Sachi Ezra, she was yep. doing like, uh, like talent and stuff like that over at MTV too. So she created her and uh, Jake Plummer, they created. Uh, who are now Who married. are now together. Yeah, yeah they husband and wife. They had a they had a comedy night and I did I did the show and uh I think I closed it out and I had a I had a dope ass set and then uh Jake called me the next day like yo you got management I was like nah he said I was like well no I said um I'm in the middle of uh pursuing it you know what I mean because I didn't want to sound like I didn't have my shit together you know the hip hop shit nigga make sure you got your team you know what I mean so I was like yeah yeah you know I'm, I'm you know I'm actively out here trying to make it happen right like, well I got somebody that might want to like, work it's like when you. you were like living at your sister's place in Long Island and you're like I'm in between things exactly like, yeah. I mean, it's a transitional <laughs> moment right now you know I'm exploring satellite you know uh, offices. <laughs> That led to my management, and then that led to a bunch of meetings over there, and ultimately winding up on Guy Code, and then that helped a lot. That was a huge, you know, that boosted the profile. Like, yeah. That was a fucking kind of like a hit out the door, you know, but you don't know. You know, I had done a couple pilots over at MTV. Some never made it to air. You know how this game goes. Some sure. shit done makes it to air, or, eh, it's just, it just didn't really catch this immediately, and it was... 
from there and then opportunities started coming in and then you know just leveraging that and then you know i did the uh i did the new faces montreal so that led to a few things i got my half hour at comedy central yep. you know guy code girl code became such a great platform for new comedians totally you know what i mean so and it became like the sort of anchor for mtv too yeah yeah absolutely how was shooting your own comedy central half hour it was fun you know you put your set together you got to submit a typically you have to submit like a videotape but I wasn't getting enough. It was a half hour. I wasn't getting up enough to where I could make a nice videotape. So I had to actually submit an MP3 of a mean set I got. So I got my half hour off of a fucking MP3, man, which was beautiful. I mean, it was it was still the material was there, and, and uh, that's dope. Yeah, it yeah. was cool. So then you you know they you kind of you run the set. You go out and you know you run the set for Comedy Central. They'll do like a they did this thing called corporate retreat where they have you and someone else. Who's up, you know, doing half hours well. Y'all oh run your God. half hours. That's like the most stressful thing. Yeah, it can be. It's actually, it's actually not as stressful as you think it would be. They kind of, they make the process pretty, like, pretty warm and pretty, like, it's it's not as high pressure as you think. Like, it don't, you know. And they, they watch your set, and you could tweak it or whatever, and then they give their notes. And then basically... They give you the date that you're going to tape. You all tape like it's a, like a week. People are taping like two a days and things like that. You go up to Boston for a couple of days. They put you up at the, the hotel, like the W. And you, you know, I ran my set the night before at Laugh Boston. So I get the kinks out. What's the next big move for you? Are you looking to get into scripted stuff? Are you looking uh-huh. to, what are you looking to do? Yeah, I'm looking to explore it all. Right now, uh, yeah, I'm looking at, you know, I'm auditioning. I'm writing stuff, too. Like, I'm trying to create a, a – I got a couple of, a couple project ideas that, you know, I'm out shopping and, and, and shaping up. Here's what you should do. Submit him as an MP3. Oh, <laughs> Who's doing that? Wait, who's your manager? I know, can Eric be your manager? <laughs> I, think, I think that was deep right there. <laughs> that was real. Does anybody think that your name is fake? I get that. People say, is that a stage name? <laughs> I, I, I mean, I guess I could see it, but I don't know who would pick Damien Lemon as a stage name. <laughs> I love the name, you know what I mean? But I wouldn't. that wouldn't be my first. That don't sound like a stage name. Damien Lemon. <laughs> I don't know. I like it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm working with it's working, but I just wouldn't, you know. I mean, I feel like both, like even Damien Chase, like they both sound like Hollywood names. Huh? There you go. Tell yeah. that to Conan. When you hang out right. at the Comedy Cellar. Yeah. Is it true that, like, the comedians sort of, like, congregate together and, mm-hmm. like, hang out in the back or wherever? Yeah. Who's the, the sort of, like, person that's sort of, like, blown your mind to be around that's, that's been there? Everybody that blows your mind. Chris Rock will be sitting right there. Yeah. Like, oh, shit. <laughs> and you, it, it'll fuck you up because you might not have noticed it until you sat there. You're like, oh, uh, be cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? Be cool. Be act natural. Be casual. You know what I mean? Don't fan out. You right. know, Chappelle will be there. Louis there. You know, the greats, you know what I'm saying? People that, you know, they might even be comics that you don't expect them. Like, Kevin Nealon to show up. You're like, oh, shit, Kevin. Like, because he's fucking Kevin Nealon. Yeah, like, yeah, you, know, yeah. you know, so it's everybody to jump in. And, and it's interesting because you could wind you could wind up in a conversation with these people. Yeah. You know, and um, you just they're people just like us, but it's initially... All you could think of is their long list of accomplishments and how this person has inspired what you do. And you're like, ah, oh, this is, you know. It's pretty wild if you look back at your whole, like, 
your whole life yeah. that you've ended up in these circles. You could say that ascent much like Dr. Ama has been dr- dr- <laughs> dramatic. Damien, thanks so much for coming. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Man. Thank you for explaining what stand-up is like to us. <laughs> we don't know. Thanks, everyone, for listening to A Waste of Time with It's The Real. Jeff, this isn't the first episode we've ever done. No, we've actually done 44 others. This is the 45th. You can catch up on all of them on SoundCloud.com slash A Waste of Time. You can also go on iTunes, A Waste of Time with It's The Real. I-T-S-T-H-E-R-E-A-L is one word. No apostrophes, no spaces. Just also, when you're there, subscribe, rate, comment, comment. Really comment on iTunes. We appreciate everyone who's left a comment there from last week, but, yeah, know. somebody said they were going to invite us to a barbecue, which is dope. Uh, let's go. Yeah, let's go. Send all barbecue invites to Jeff at itstherial.com. Um, I will happily uh, look at all of them and hopefully come to all of your barbecues. Hopefully. Please. Tell a friend about A Waste of Time It's The Real. Do you have a friend you want to tell, Jeff? I actually have a couple friends. I want to tell Matt Fastow and I want to tell Brian Kraft and actually everybody from the South Florida contingent. <laughs> Spread the word yeah. down there. We're trying to uh, conquer South Florida. That's right. One city at a time. I'd like to tell our friend Abigail Weintraub, who every time we go to L.A., we make time for. We want to go see her at brunch. It is like appointment brunching. Yeah. Even when she's in New York, we always uh, go to Good Enough to Eat. That's right. Find and, us uh, there. Yeah, find us there. And you know what? Abigail listens every week regardless. She's a true Upper West Sider. She's a Mets fan. She's a friend of Nur and Fafu. Yes, we both got shouted out on last week's episode with Harry Fraud. But Abigail needs to tell everyone in California. Every single person. About what's going on here at A Waste of Time with the Three. Yeah, Abigail's going to have a busy week. Would you like to do this again next week? What, the podcast? The podcast. I suppose we have to. Well, if any lawyers are out there listening to this podcast now, we'll be back next week. Yeah.